0: Chris Biddle and welcome to episode 27 of Inside Agriturf. Yeah, thank you for joining me. Now the UK might have departed the EU and the single market, but in many respects the Agriturf industry is still very much part of the European collaboration network. The UK Manufacturers Trade Association, the AEA, the Agricultural Engineers Association, is a member of CEMA, the European Agricultural Machinery Association, whilst BAGMA, British Agricultural and Garden Machinery Association, representing dealers, is part of CLIMAR, and I don't trust my French pronunciation of the full title, who represents sales and service dealers throughout Europe. For a relatively small but influential industry, these organisations are essential, particularly for dealers who are mostly small, family-owned businesses, for there is much to be said for strength in numbers. So today, I'm delighted to be joined by Eric Hogervorst from Holland, who is the current Klimar president, along with Bagma director Keith Christian, the UK representative on Klimar. So, hello, Eric, and and thanks for joining. And perhaps first you could explain the origins and role of Klima and the number of dealers it represents.
1: Uh, Klima was formed in uh, 1954. At at that time, the the number of members, I don't know. At the moment, we are 16, uh, 16 members. And, and they're um, all in
0: Europe are they eric
1: they're all in all in europe not all in the european union so for example switzerland and and the uk are uh, yeah. not inside the union uh, <laughs> but uh, but they are in europe so uh, they are all in europe yes uh,
0: and and would you have interest on other countries joining you uh, are you always sort of looking out for new, yeah, new, new members? Uh, we have
1: some uh, some contacts with uh, with other countries that are not yet uh, a member of Klimar. Uh, What is an issue is that one of the criteria for being a member of Klimar is that there has to be uh, a national uh, organization, a national branch organization, uh, because only the national organizations uh, can be a member of of Klimar.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. And uh, with those, and I believe that there's 16 members altogether. And and so Mm -hmm. what would that equate to in the number of dealer outlets or, or dealer companies
1: Dealer companies, the the exact number of of outlets, uh, we don't know. It depends also uh, per country on on how they give this up. But uh, uh, we we represent in in the European Union around 19,000 dealers.
0: That's quite a number, isn't it? But you would think that there would be more outlets than that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And obviously, it's got farm machinery in the title. But does it include grounds care dealers and dealers who deal in ATVs and the like?
1: Yeah, as as most uh, most of our uh, our members, the national uh, associations also uh, have their uh, their vi- their view on the on the grounds care uh, uh, dealers. Yeah. So this is also a uh, a topic inside Klimar and, and we also are are viewing and the main yeah. uh, the main thing within Climar is sharing of of information, sharing of data, and yes. that's also been done on these uh, on these topics.
0: As, you, as for yourself, I, I believe you've been president for about 3 years. Uh, what's your company? What's your background?
1: I've been uh, president for Klimar uh, for uh, more than 6 years now and uh, my company is in uh, based in the west of the Netherlands. It's uh, in the in the area of uh, of Leiden between Leiden and and Haarlem. And uh, we uh, from origin our company was uh, focused on uh, flower bulb growers because they are here in this area the, the main the main Yes, of uh, but now uh, our area for, um, uh, we are a Kubota dealer uh-huh. and our area is the, is, is bigger. So uh, we are focused on uh, forklifts. Another uh, part of our company, division of our company is for, uh, focused on forklifts. We do, uh, we re- represent Yale forklifts and we are specialized in spraying equipment, agricultural spraying equipment. We are an importer for uh, Mazzotti, uh, Italian uh, brand. We are a dealer for uh, Kvanaland. And we make uh, special machines and this mostly for uh, farmers in the Netherlands. But we have uh, uh, customers all across the globe. We have uh, customers in, in Canada, the US, uh, in New Zealand, uh, other countries in Europe. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah.
0: And it's a family business.
1: It's a family business. My father started the business in seventy uh, six. And, and now it's run by uh, my brother and, and myself.
0: Okay. And um, how's how's business been, at, Eric, for the last uh, couple of years? Uh, this year, and how's business looking? And how was it last year for you?
1: Luckily, we uh, we have uh, these uh, three uh, things that we that we focus on. So it's not everything is, is uh, perfect in in the same time, but uh, also. Not everything is is bad in the same time. So at the moment, uh, the, the sprayer business is is very good. We have had some new regulations here in uh, in the Netherlands, and uh, now farmers are ready to invest. Um, at the moment, the the, the forklift business is, uh, is is a little bit down uh, mm-hmm. because of the COVID situation, and I believe uh, a lot of uh, companies here in the Netherlands also are faced with uh, the the consequences of the Brexit. Yeah. Uh, or uh, at least are anticipating uh, on on slower business. Sure, sure. And the, the tractor and uh, the tractor and machinery business is uh, is okay. It's not great, but it's it's going on. It's, uh, so so yeah.
0: as as Klima, uh, presumably also you meet together with uh, similar organisations who represent different parts of the industry. SEMA um, uh, presumably others are there.
1: Yeah, CTAR, the the, the the international or European organization for uh, contractors, Copacojka for uh, for the farmers. Yes. And we, we work together on uh, on issues with the European Union, uh like the code of conduct for the, the sharing of, of data and sharing of of information, where it's arranged who is the owner of the of this of this data. Uh we work Together uh, or side by side, let's say it like this on on uh, issues like uh, RMI repair yes. and maintenance information. There, uh, sometimes we don't have the the same arguments than than for example SEMA, but uh, but at least we work together. At, at uh, least you so at that,
0: least you talk anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and and do you have special? Obviously. Agriculture across all your member countries um, is very segmented into different uh, specialities, uh, as you say, with flowers, with yourself, uh, wine growing, and the like. Do you have specialist committees that deal with those issues?
1: No, we don't have uh, specialist committees that that deal with the the, the specialities in in the in, like you say, uh, like wine or or these kind of issues. Uh, we focus more on uh on the business of our members, the, the business that they the things that they are face uh dealing with with the different the different brands, uh with the different regulations and so on. So we don't have we don't focus on uh, on the specialities, on which machines should be in which culture. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah. not in our focus.
0: So looking back on 2020, and we're already uh, a month or so into 2021, overall, mm-hmm. how was business for uh, Klima, Klima members in last year? And, and how is it looking for this year? Uh,
1: surprisingly uh, said, the, the business all, all over Europe was, uh, was not bad and in some countries quite good. Where uh, our members had to deal most with, when we look all, all over, was more uh, the drought it was more an issue than 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 the COVID, for example. That's the the good thing of our, our business that once again we see that what is most important for people is is food. Yes, and uh, we are in the chain to produce food, so it's uh, hmm. there we we see that yeah, most of our members had quite quite a good year.
0: I know, and I'm sure Keith will agree. There are that there have always been two factors affecting business: one's the weather, and one's the economy. Um, and this year, we've obviously got the COVID as a third mm-hmm. element. But always, it it always doesn't it, Keith, come down to the weather. Yeah,
2: well, it always comes <laughs> down to the weather. Yes, definitely.
0: So, what were the sort of main factors? And I think uh, we, probably the weather will come into it that that affected business last year. What was it? The weather, then, Eric.
1: What, what affected the, the business most was uh, was the weather uh, also on the other end you can also see the, the, the economic issues that we have to deal with on the other hand, agriculture has always been uh, a sector where uh, customers are used uh, investing against the tide yes so they yeah. are uh, not so much worried by the effects of of the moment sure. but they have more uh, a long-term scope on these on these kind of issues uh,
0: now different markets are being affected by different issues during covid mm-hmm. and have got mm-hmm. different uh, restrictions and uh, things that they can do and things that they can't do mm-hmm. um are you finding much difference between uh, the performance that you're getting information on uh, from other markets from other
1: countries uh, on information i think we uh, we were more focused uh, all uh, all our members were more focused on getting information from from their members uh, knowing what was going on in the market uh, we did a survey quite in the beginning uh, of the of the of the covid situation uh so let's say in in early early march the surveys that we got from there the answers that we got from there were quite dramatic people uh anticipated on on having a a very bad year or a very uh, drop back in uh, in turnover, but th- the survey that we did uh, a few months after this, um, and I believe that was already uh, still in in the beginning of of, of summer, uh, and that uh, we we uh, we saw that that people said, yeah, well, the the down that we ex- anticipated on uh, has not come, or uh, or is already gone. In in a few months, uh, we are on the same level as that we are uh, that we are normally. Uh,
0: yeah. I mean, here in the UK, I know it's only one month, but I see that tractor registrations for the first month of the year were up yeah. Seven, yeah. 17%. So you can't judge it on one month, of course. But nonetheless, amongst our members, are dealer numbers uh, increasing or stable or reducing uh, in the member countries?
1: Just on, on, on the way you look at it, if we see, um, I don't agree with uh, with, with uh, the term, but uh, if you see what is called A dealers, so dealers yeah. that uh, that are focused on on one brand, on the on the bigger brands. These are the dealers with uh, with more outlets. Uh, this number is decreasing and it's decreasing quite rapidly. The bigger brands, uh, the full liners, they are focusing on dealing uh, with less dealers in per country. Uh, but bigger dealers, and yeah. uh, these these uh, changes are going quite fast. On the other end, uh, if you see the total number of uh, of dealers, it's not decreasing so much. Especially when you look at the outlets. So the the, the, the the let's say A dealers are bigger, and they have more outlets. So the number of outlets is not so much uh, changing. And uh, there are because these bigger ones are getting bigger. You see, uh, also other dealers that are uh, dealing with specialized machinery, and they have a, a big, a good opportunity in growing their uh, in growing their business. So that's the total number no a dealers yes.
0: And I suppose when you get mergers, so you've got say three companies, and you get mergers and acquisitions, you mm-hmm. take that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Keith, are you are you are you obviously seen that, and we are seeing that over in the UK. But uh, but does that give you an opportunity because there are spin off new dealers cropping up? Is is that um, some
2: experience that you're getting? Not so much with new dealers. A few are arriving in the garden machinery sector. The the agricultural machinery dealers, as as Eric says, we have the same issue in this country. Bigger companies are being consolidated. So in terms of available companies, there's less. But the outlets and the numbers of people working in those businesses are remaining the same. So whilst the ownership reduces, there is a lot of stability in terms of outlets and people. Sure. don't see too many new businesses. No. But I agree with Eric that the smaller companies that are there that don't necessarily want a main tractor franchise will adapt to being more specialized and probably more profitable because of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, now no. it, it probably hasn't escaped your notice that um, the UK left the. Uh, EU at uh, the beginning of this year and um, I'm not sure whether this means that Keith you're going to be barred from future Climar meetings you're probably quite glad that it's all done over the zoom at the moment because it, you won't have to go to the hassle of going through another channel at the airport Airports.
2: Uh, no I would prefer to have the hassle and see people in person <laughs> and uh, enjoy a few beers for yes. sure which is where we learn of course. most of what we do from meetings, socializing, and everything else. And uh, there's an awful lot to be learned at the Klima meeting just by talking to people. Sure. Got and the I'm, same atmosphere on a Zoom call.
0: No, absolutely not. And I'm, I'm sure, um, uh, Eric, that the uh, UK not being in EU will not make a jot of difference to its membership of of Klima because I think, as you said earlier on, Switzerland are already a member and. Uh, whilst you would be having discussions with the EU itself uh, on matters that affect a, a, a number of your members, um, that doesn't really take away from the substance of what you're doing overall, does it?
1: Clima uh, was there, uh, I don't know exactly before the EU, but uh, let's say before the EU was, was uh, doing what it does today. There has always been this, this need for sharing, sharing of information, learning from each other, and and with that, increasing the the, the, the things that you can do for your members. If you see the uh, the lobby issues that that Klima is working on, they are about uh, RMI, which is uh, this. It's it's an ISO issue. It's a, it's on an ISO level. It's it's the same issue for uh, for the US than it is for Europe, or it is for Russia, or it is for Asia. So it's it's not. If we see the issue on on the on the code of conduct, so on the on the data sharing or, or on the ownership of data. Uh, that's maybe an issue yes that is related to the eu but uh, I think the regulations that are uh, are in there will also affect affect other countries uh, like I said for example Switzerland has always been uh, a member of uh, of Klimark. they are in the middle of the EU but not in the EU no. Uh, and uh, but yeah, well, they, they also said for us, it, it's, it's very important to follow what's what's going on there and to follow on what what's going on with these regulations. Manufacturers, they don't look to the EU, but they look to Europe. So it's yeah, we are uh, we are connected in, in one way or the other and uh, things change uh, and, and, and business changing. We have been doing business with uh, countries outside the EU for all these years. So I don't know uh, why this shouldn't be possible with, uh, with the UK anymore uh, after this. So if,
0: now, one um, of the is- issues that regularly taxes dealers um, and exercises their minds, particularly when they come out on the wrong side of it, are dealer contracts. And obviously, <laughs> um, a big multinational manufacturer is tends to be in a much stronger position than a, a small independent dealer for all the obvious uh, reasons, uh, what can CMA do to help protect the dealers against—I um, won't say unscrupulous, but but unfair practices, which might be legal but actually do affect their business quite considerably.
1: Uh, to be honest, and not to create the wrong expectations, it's not that we can change everything. We can play a role. For example, Keith has, uh, has done a, a, a great deal of work on this uh, on this issue, informing manufacturers on what could be done in a different way, informing dealers on where to look at in these contracts. What are the what are the main uh, are the main issues to uh, to look at and to focus on? Uh, like I said, uh, informing manufacturers that uh, it's not all it, it, may seem the right way to just look on these contracts from a, a lawyer stand, standpoint, but it doesn't increase uh, the partnership that you have with your uh, with your dealers. So it's always a good thing to continue talking with each other and, and continue working with each other. And it's always a good thing if this is also in, in the contracts that these things have to be done. Like I said, it's not that we can change everything, but we, what we all also do is informing the dealers informing that they have a choice so like like Keith said if uh, we see an increasing number of, of dealers taking on a specialization and maybe earning more money in this and and money is not the only thing you also have to have a little bit of pleasure in in your work uh, so course. and that's uh, it's all about making clear choices yes and uh, a dealer has a choice yeah and yep. maybe therefore a stronger a stronger yeah. point than uh, than a big manufacturer
0: is it ever Possible to produce or create a a template for a standard uh, dealer agreement, and it. If you look at the United States, um, I know that uh, one of the the associations, I think North Dakota, um, created a, a dealer protection bill, which the, I'm not sure what's happened to that at the moment because um, some of the major manufacturers. Mm-hmm. Did uh, mm-hmm. derail against that, and and then the judge upheld it. Um, but there are there are standard documents that are tweaked for various regulations in various states. Uh, mm-hmm. Would that yeah. ever be possible to do? Do you think over here, just putting in the the, the standard kind of uh, agreement about stock buyback and notice and so on?
1: We we have we have done it. Uh, we have made it uh, in the early nineties. We have done it together with uh, with CIMA but in the end when when the contract was almost finalized or uh, more than uh, or let's say finalized and then it was up to uh, the members of CIMA to to say okay uh, will we sign this uh, this yes or no and then also then already the big, uh, the big manufacturers said, no, no way. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we make up our own contracts and uh, we are, uh, we are the boss on, on what is in these contracts. Uh, yes or no. And uh, that's. Uh,
0: are you still finding this is an issue, Keith, in this country?
2: It flared up recently with Honda. But uh, I think the, the problem with the contracts is, and trying to have a template and, um, I've been involved with the Klima template. I was in the AEA at the time (laughs) being discussed. Each country has its slightly different laws. And although as a European, and the EU, there is an overriding uh, legal system, you tend to find with the different manufacturers from different countries that some of their own country type of legislation is built into the contracts. So it's quite difficult to actually find a template that suits everybody. Mm -hmm. One of the maybe more unfortunate things, if a dealer wants a franchise and somebody's waving a contract at him, he's going to sign the contract to get the franchise. Mm -hmm. It's only when things start going wrong. And um, I, I was told when I was very young in the industry if you have to reach for the contract and drag it out of the drawer, you're in trouble anyway. It's actually being sensible about what goes on, about performance clauses. And the biggest problem you will always have a breakup in any relationship. The biggest problem the industry has is that it's usually the dealer that's left out of pocket. Mm. And the manufacturer, it might cost the money to do it, of course. But the dealer who's invested in a franchise 20, 30 years with signage and training and equipment and, and product and then suddenly has the rug pulled out from underneath him, and it may not even be their fault, they end up having to – they lose money. There should be a fairer way of compensating them so that they have enough money to start another business
0: yes.
2: or another Definitely. franchise. And, and that, that's the bit that I find really unfair and annoying.
0: Well, I guess it's one of those issues that's going to run and run
2: a bit. Um,
0: what's the oh,
2: Chris, if, if I could add to that, um, I, when, we, when BAGMA had its 100th anniversary, I was looking back at some of the original meeting notes from 1917. And I can assure you dealer contracts has come up in BAGMA <laughs> meeting notes for the last 100 years or more
0: yeah so well there you go it's, it is
2: it's going never right. going to get resolved but it would be nice if it was a little bit fairer
0: and of course one of the other issues is that, the, that the um the industry seems to continually wrestle with is where are we going to get staff what's the, uh, eric uh what's your general feeling about how successful dealers are throughout klima in attracting new staff
1: i see i see uh, over the last last few years a big positive change in this. Uh, I said once in a meeting that we are uh, we are all very good in playing our industry down. We have to show uh, we have to show young young people what they can do in our business. We uh, what kind of machines do we have in our business? Uh, what are the things where, that you can that you have the possibility to grow? That there is a, a clear and a bright future, and it's not uh, it's not about dirty, heavy work done in a bad environment. The workshops. Are uh, rapidly uh, uh, changing in this in this way. We have most dealers have a a good uh, a good workshop, well, well ventilated. Uh, we work with high tech tech equipment. Farming 4.0 is out, out about automatic machines and, and and these kind of issues, and that's attracting young uh, young people.
0: One of the uh, initiatives that Klima undertakes, I think, every year is a um, dealer satisfaction survey, which uh, uh, rates uh, the performance of of manufacturers uh, in Mm -hmm. the dealer's eyes. Now, obviously, there are different brands that have different strengths in different countries, so it's Mm -hmm. very difficult to be universal on this. But Mm -hmm. presumably, Get some some interesting findings out of that um is there anything you can do with those findings that that, that can be positive and help uh, the manufacturer understand some of the issues that exist
1: yeah well and that's maybe also related to the to the issue on dealer contracts on on the on the dealer satisfaction we can do a lot like you said the situation is different per country but with the European results we we get the attention from the big manufacturers they are aware that we are doing the survey. Uh, most of them, yeah. Most of them like it that we do this survey because they they want to know how they are appreciated by uh, by the dealers in, and by their
0: customers. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, by their customers. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's for a dealer. It's very important to fill in the survey that everybody that everybody joins. And that we have a big number of dealers that that join these these surveys, and that they are filled in honestly. They are totally inan- anonymous, so yeah. nobody can can relate. And in the countries where there are only a few dealers filling in the survey, then we don't show the national results. No. We only show the the European yeah
0: the, over, the overall result.
1: Yeah, and 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 we uh, we have discussions with most of these uh, of the manufacturers uh, on a yearly basis about uh, about the results. And um, from from these from these talks, uh, all, also the national associations are discussing the national results with uh, with their. Uh, importers or manufacturer. Um,
0: one of the issues that's going to become ever more important as we move into a new technological age is is the handling of data and the ownership of data uh, and yeah. the and the dealer sits right in the middle of this often between mm-hmm. the manufacturer and the farmer uh, does what sort of role does klimar have or does it have a view on how this should be handled
1: the, the role that we, that we have also here is, is sharing and, and sharing information and informing dealers uh, on what they can do, but also informing manufacturers and, and customers on what, what a dealer is able to do with this data. The manufacturer is only able to, to analyze the data uh, high over on a, from, from a big distance. The dealer knows what, uh, what the, the, the farmer is doing with the machine at that moment yes and is also able to go to the machine when something's uh, when something's wrong or give a training to the drivers of the uh, of the farmer to reduce the, the fuel or uh, increase fuel e- economy
0: yeah
1: uh, on on the machine doing the same work so that that's things that a, a dealer can do with this data so it's it's very important that uh, a dealer has access to this data and it's maybe more important for the farmer than for the manufacturer you, you, you
0: use the word training there. Uh, training is very important and becoming yeah. ever more important in this new technological age. Yeah. How do you think the provision of training um, is in this country? Because obviously there is added, added pressures on colleges and so on and so forth, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a big resource that needs to be funded. Uh, are you happy with the amount of training provision that there is throughout the CLIMAR
1: Membership? But in in some countries yes in some countries it to be uh, become more focused but let's say also this has changed uh, quite positively over the last few years it's not on the same level in all the countries but like like i said in the way we are sharing information BAGMA is quite active on this uh, switzerland is quite active on uh, on education germany the netherlands maybe also uh, i can i can say um but, so, but there are differences but it's yeah, it's, it's really we are uh, getting there quite quite rapidly. Yeah, but on yeah. on the other end, so for for a dealer, it's very important uh, that there is that there is more training, so that that is mechanics or uh, sales guys know what what they are selling, and what they have to repair. But also, it's becoming more and more important for uh, for farmers. Yes. Uh, machines are uh, getting more complicated. I have more uh, specs and so on. So uh, a, a driver really has to learn. How to drive with this machine? Well, it's we, not eight gears front and and four gears uh, backwards. It's uh, no. it's, it's the, the,
0: yeah. Well, we we during this COVID uh, period, uh, we've had to find ways of communicating in different methods. Uh, do yeah. you think that uh, some of the some of the techniques and technology that we've used in communicating will translate into use in training more and more?
1: Yeah. Yeah, if if I see o4 and it's only one year but if I see how how the, the the whole education or, or or training has changed for our mechanics, for example. We've not been to a manufacturer for for a year, but no. we have done all the training sure. and we have done them uh, digital. Uh, yeah. so that's that's changed very rapidly.
0: Uh, one of the other issues, of course, which uh, often gets an airing in the press, is the future of shows and events, and mm-hmm. uh, which have generally been decimated, uh, probably will have been decimated for two years by the time we get to the end of 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. There may be some resumption, but um, what what's Klima's, What's your members' view on the importance of shows? Uh, can can they not wait for them to be to be back? And we're we're not only talking about the big shows, of course, we're talking about the dealer organ organized open days and so on
1: yeah, well the, the the positive thing uh, of course is that we have been uh complaining that there are too many shows for uh <laughs> for quite some years and yes. at the moment we are complaining that there are no shows so it's uh, the, the, what what is uh, what to me really is the positive thing is that now that there are no shows we see what the importance of of these shows were Yes. To get together and to talk with each other, to talk with your colleagues, to talk with customers, to talk with manufacturers, talking with each other. That's, that's actually the, the, the main thing for shows. And that's, you yes. can have a, a, a digital uh, show, but it's, it's never the same. You, you, can, you can never, so it's, that, that really shows what the importance for, uh, for these shows were. And will be in the future, I believe.
0: And uh, going back to Keith's earlier point about uh, sharing information over a beer is far better than uh, over a cup of tea in front of a computer, isn't yeah, it, Keith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, uh, Eric, I really do thank you for your time today. Uh, lastly, if you had to sum up, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing uh, the industry and CleanMar members in particular over the next, uh, say, 10 years?
1: over the next 10 years we should not underestimate the effect that uh, rmi will have on our industry but uh, so and the effect is not only negative it also can have a, a positive effect for uh, for a lot of companies but we should not really not underestimate what this does to our industry and we just have to look at what's happened in the car industry or in the truck industry to know what the what the challenges will be uh, and uh, but also what the positive uh, chances will uh, will be of this uh, what we if we see the 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 the, the speeds the increasing speed of the changes and, uh, and and electronics and so on in our uh, in our industry and the the increasing effect that it has on our on our mechanics education like always is a is a big issue and, and it's a completely different uh, challenge that we had than that we had 30 years ago uh, it's not about iron anymore. It's about about electronics, about software, about programming. This is changing what what, what we need from our uh, from our employees.
0: Yes, one thing that we do know about the people who populate this industry is how resourceful they are and how committed they are to the industry and and, and so on. And what you presumably would uh, concur with that, uh, Keith. And, and and might I ask you, Keith? Perhaps lastly, what what value do you get out of being a member of Cleamar?
2: well when, when I joined BAGMA, I went to my first clima meeting. I think it was October, and uh, in two thousand and seven, I was quite nervous about it, didn't know anybody, but they were very welcoming, and the first people I met were actually Eric, his wife, and a few others um at three o'clock in the morning in a bar somewhere. <laughs> but it's it is actually as Eric says, being able to talk to people in a more relaxed atmosphere have a discussion, a debate, you know, no real time constraints. And um, there's obviously official programmes and there's schedules and things that we want to discuss, but learning from other people. And uh, it's a concern that we have that um, Eric's talking about doing a lot of uh, training online. And what people miss if they're not training or working with other people, is what they can learn from other people. That's the great thing about Klima is we have a structure and there is a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes, as with all trade associations, but we we learn a lot from each other, which we can bring back to our own countries and share. I mean, over the years, I've learned a tremendous amount from the Klima guys, from the different organizations, you know what you do within trade organisations, and it has been very helpful. It's been very helpful with legislation, the training issues, and and really understanding dealers and what they want. And frankly, I don't think dealers are that different in any country. No, they all face the same thing. They're usually privately owned and very independent. And um, you know, coming back to maybe your question, they are very resilient. They're very adaptable. And um, judging by the length of time many of them have been in business, they're there for the long term.
0: Yep.
2: As Eric said, you know, good years, bad years, uh, they'll survive and they'll keep going. Yep, yep.
0: Well, look, Eric, um, I really do thank you for your time this afternoon. It's, it's been very, very instructive. I, I think we, we see the word or the initials climar in the press, and we wonder what it is and who they are. And ultimately, they're just a group of people with common aims and common interests and common professions, because at the end of the day, we are a fairly small niche industry. So we do not have the the, the the depth and breadth of resources to share information um and the more we can talk amongst each other uh, the more we will learn presumably okay. so i wish you well in the re- for the rest of the season for 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 2021 and i hope your business continues to go from strength to strength eric
1: well thank you very much and uh, i hope i hope the same um <laughs> i think it all looks 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 positive but you never know what will change. It's, uh, it's always been a, it's always, it's, it's just a wave where we are on and sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down, but it's, uh, we have to go along with the, with the wave. And it, like, it, like Keith uh, says, is is it's not, the uh, something that Darwin said, it's not the strongest that survive. It's the, the ones that adapt best to, to changes. So yeah, that's, uh,
0: that's absolutely right. And, uh, uh, there are some industries where we would be really struggling, but at least our industry is managing to uh, um, go forward um, pretty well. Not necessarily as normal, but but, but certainly doing as, as good as it can within the circumstances. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you very much, Keith, for your time this afternoon. Thank you.
1: Thank you You're for welcome. having us. And, uh...
0: Well, I hope that proved to be a useful insight into the role that Klima plays. There is much on its plate at the moment, notably dealer contracts, the handling of data, and probably most importantly, RMI, repair and maintenance information, which allows dealers access to technical and service information for products which they do not necessarily hold a franchise. So thank you to Eric and to Keith, of course, for that very wide-ranging overview of the work of Klimar. So I'm Chris Biddle, thank you for joining me, and this is Inside Agriturf.